What's up, podcasting people? What's up, Feed Your Brain community? Um, today we have a very special episode, especially for all the entrepreneurs out there, um, because I have a podcast guest. His name is Carl, Carl Kornika, and he is the founder um, of Corpus Media, which is an agency based in the Nordics, based in Denmark. And um, he's 19 years old, so he's a super young founder. He actually has a team of around like 10 people working for his company as him being the CEO. And we talk specifically about how PR is something that could potentially help startups grow and when the right moment is for PR, how people should actually start working on PR uh, and how relationships are being built with journalists and different um, stakeholders and uh, players in the ecosystem of PR. And I think especially PR is something that's super interesting for young startups. We feel it ourselves at our company that there you always need to find the right way when to actually do pr of course you can do a couple of gigs with podcasting here and there but i think having a pr strategy is something that a lot of startups have in mind but they don't really know when the right timing is so i brought up carl who is definitely going to be a good trigger for all of you guys to get a little more sense on how pr works and how you can actually start doing pr in a more broader sense so i'm definitely gonna be jumping right into the podcasting let us know you can find us on the socials at max elster and uh, you can find carl on, on linkedin and other channels definitely link us if you like the podcast we would love to hear from you guys and uh, besides that follow the podcast and uh, see you next time cheers Welcome back. It's Max again in the Feed Your Brain podcast. Today we have a quite young guest. I'm actually not sure how old he is, but uh, we will clarify. Um, and uh, it's Carl Kronika. He's the founder of Copus, which is one of the leading PR agencies that we have in the Nordics. So he's based in uh, Denmark, um, but he's also more or less leading PR for lots of startups as an agency in Europe and uh, I think it's quite interesting to bring him on to talk a little bit about his journey because he founded his startup during high school and um, also has a team now of several people um, that is being that's being part of his company and I think it's interesting to cover that but it's also interesting to cover a little broader sense of how startups should think about PR and how should how startups should actually approach it strategically and uh, I'm happy to have you on Carl. Um, Good to chat again. <laughs> Pleasure to uh, to be invited. Uh, I've really been looking uh, forward to uh, to chat with you. <laughs> Likewise, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, nineteen. It's, I mean, it's by good the way. <laughs> nineteen, crazy. I mean, uh, that's definitely something that we should cover. Uh, I mean, you're th th four years now, three years younger than I am. So um, that's definitely <laughs> something that's interesting, also because I think a lot of startups are quite young. Um, a lot of listeners are quite young, um, so I think uh, they will have some questions more or less that I need to represent off um, to like get you a hold and see how you think about startups and how your pathway has been so far. Um, but it's it's great that we chat again. I think uh, we have a lot of st uh, stuff to cover. Maybe you can deep dive a little bit on who are you in general? Like how does how did your journey uh, start in in the entrepreneurship world in in building uh, Copus? Definitely. Um, so, so yeah, uh, my name is Carl, uh, and I started out um, actually when I was 14, when um, kind of just on a freelance basis, where I did all sorts of random gigs, everything from, you know, building websites, creating logos, um, translating text uh, from Danish to uh english uh for huh. high school students and you know 
all sorts of weird stuff. Um, and then when I kind of got a hang of that and, and became a little older, uh, I started my, my own company, kind of a one man army. Um, and then I brought in a, a partner called Andreas, uh, who I'm actually still working with uh, to this day. And he's kind of my technical uh, co-founder. Um, and then we kind of started to make more complex um, website projects where we brought on uh, some local um, shops. And I'm, I'm from um, a little town in, in Denmark um, mm -hmm. originally. And then, yeah, that kind of just scaled a little bit from there, but, but not, you know, a lot. Uh, and I think it was due to that we just made all sorts of things. So people didn't quite knew, okay, Kobus, what do they really do? Uh, because they do, <laughs> it seems like they do kind of any, everything. And then when I became, I think it was 17. So approximately two years ago, we kind of decided that, okay, we have to focus on just mastering one thing and just, you know, be the best at that. Uh, and then we decided to go with PR and kind of communications part because we thought that was, you know, really, really fun to work with. Work with. Uh, we've had a little experience in doing that uh, kind of just for our own projects, doing some PR on that and just, yeah, communications in general. Um, and then we decided to, uh, to do that. Um, and, uh, and we then reached out to uh, a startup in Denmark called Soundbox, which is basically um, kind of the loudest portable Bluetooth speaker in the world. Uh, and it's founded by three high school guys, uh, friends. Huh. And uh, yeah, we, we just thought that they were so cool and they were and still is kind of one of the hottest startups uh, in the Nordics and um, just growing like uh, crazy. And we got on pretty also early. Also part of uh, Y Combinator, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I think they were actually kind of the youngest Europeans ever accepted to YC. So so that's quite impressive. Um, but yeah, they are super, super, super cool. Um, but we reached out to them. We didn't knew them at all. Uh, I just texted them on LinkedIn and saying, listen, we are some young guys. We don't know what we are doing at all. Uh, we're super green, uh, but we think we, 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 you know, have the ability at least to do something, uh, in terms of PR for, for you guys. Uh, are you willing to give it a shot just, uh, you know, a month or two for free and then see what's, uh, what can happen? Um, and then that kind of trial period or what you want to call it went pretty well, I'd say. And then, yeah, it kind of not escalated, but it kind of just moved on, moved on from there. We, we, we continued working with them and, and still does to this day, uh, two years later. Um, and in especially in the beginning, they kind of referred us to other founders in the ecosystem in Copenhagen. Um, and we quickly kind of discovered that we saw kind of um yeah that was definitely missing something in, in that area in terms of pr and communications uh partner for for these startups and scale-ups especially within tech because mm -hmm. i think they have been um kind of scared to work with agencies for a long time because they have been hurt <laughs> because um there's so many uh kind of more established agencies that have you know super large clients that pays a lot of money and then they kind of if they have a startup it sometimes becomes hard for them to kind of prioritize working on that case because it's mm -hmm. you know just 
one out of a thousand and it's you know paying a minimum of what kind of they can care about if that makes sense that makes um, sense but also just in general understanding the whole startup ecosystem and uh having a passion for for tech and kind of having this startup vibe and and it's pretty much um yeah it's just easier to work with people who have who kind of shares the same mentality and think uh like-minded mm-hmm. um and yeah we we uh just thought also it was kind of the most fun niche to to work with because we, we saw some great opportunities in just you know partnering up with these crazy founders and just being their uh pr uh firm for early stage until kind of hopefully uh unicorn um stage uh for for the craziest founders in the, in the nordics nice amazing i mean like it's crazy how like it more or less evolved um to like a, like a company that's like how many people are you now like what what's your what's your headcount uh we're currently uh, 10 people uh in the team uh ranging from everything from you know former journalists to just communications people in general and uh yeah even my co-founder andreas as mentioned is uh kind of a computer scientist uh and myself mm-hmm. uh having n- nothing more than high school um so so we're quite a, a mixed team but that's cool i mean that's exactly i think what what's interesting here to go a little bit in depth because i think one question before we go a little bit more into the other topics i think the Nordics is quite famous here in Germany, at least, for bringing up um, entrepreneurs in that sense or bringing up more, um, let's say, young people that would be interested in entrepreneurship, at least. Or, um, we, of course, we have a fantastic example with Spotify and other startups that have yeah. more or less uh, been brought up from, from the Nordics. But I think, how was your school time? Was it, was it like super strict or was it foc- also focused on bringing up entrepreneurs in the pathway? Uh, more than maybe in, in other European countries, you believe? Mm, that's a good question. I think, uh, at least in, um, in high school, I think, I, I believe that it was quite a lot of focus on entrepreneurship. Uh, I had a, uh, what's that called? A subject uh, called Invasion, where we kind of had invasion? a program. <laughs> yeah, it's called that's Invasion. Cool. So. We uh, yeah that was uh, kind of my favorite um, stuff to do in school. But we we uh, had a one year program where the task basically was to build a startup and then kind of pitch that to um, not investors but uh, like a jury. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly like a jury um, all around uh, Denmark. And then we uh, we yeah it was kind of one a big national competition between all high schools. Um, yeah, and we, we got pretty far in that process uh, build, building a startup called Mundus, I, I remember, where we had uh, <laughs> an idea of making an app that should make it easier for people to, to quit smoking, uh, kind of gamified thing. Um, That's a big market. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> that's a big market. <laughs> yeah, that's a big market. Uh, and yeah, that was kind of a fun way to learn a lot about, uh, you know, how to build a startup, everything from building your pro- first prototype, uh, pitching, uh, you know, all, all the drills it takes to kind of master entrepreneurship. Um, and yeah, I was kind of, you know, working on my own startup, uh, the co on the side, 
So it was kind of quite fun to have these learnings uh, that I could bring in, but also bring out uh, from uh, from my school. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Makes sense. Um, makes sense. So, so in that way, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's quite a lot of support and and focus on entrepreneurship in, in Denmark and in the Nordics uh, in general. Um, so that is really cool, but also kind of just you know that as well. And I think it's not nothing. I don't think it's that much different in, in Germany, I, I believe, and in the rest of the world, actually. Uh, but there is just, you know, a lot of focus on entrepreneurship in, in general. So it, I think it's broadly uh, kind of viewed as kind of cool to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I think there's just becoming so much, so many more tools out there to uh, to make it, I think. Easier, right? Yeah, I see that. I mean, that's a it's a good it's a good approach, I think, because I think if there's anybody in the audience that is a teacher or maybe in politics, I think they should talk to you or anybody in the Nordics, because I think especially in high school in Germany, we still lack um, to more or less teach people entrepreneurship in a good way. And of course, not only because it's cool, but also because entrepreneurship is a way of um, be like being creative about ideas and making ideas more or less a reality. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to like find found your own startup. It can also mean working in a company, but being entrepreneurial in a sense. Uh, so I think that's great to see how the Nordics is uh, taking a lead there. Maybe one final question before we go into the PR strategy side. Um, you've yeah. probably like in your early age, I mean, you're 19 and build up like a company with 10 employees now focusing on PR. There, of course, like there are probably like many people that have, of course, stumbled upon your way, telling you that you might be quite young to found a startup. And I think there are also a lot of, lot of young people who, who are willing to found a startup, but they kind of get a lot of negative like energy around them. Um, what, what would you recommend? to those people to like stay ahead of the game and keep pushing, especially in more or less bad times when you're a little younger and you, you can't like, um, like you don't have a big network around it because of 20 years of experience. Uh, definitely. And I think I have kind of, um, without thinking too much about it uh, in the beginning, at least, um, kind of used my age, uh, as a positive, uh, leverage my age, I think, um, mm -hmm. in, in terms of just reaching out to, you know, crazy talented people, uh, and just saying, uh, asking, for, you know, asking for help and saying, I'm super young. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, <laughs> can you please, can you please help me, uh, with this or this? Uh, and I think a lot of people would be surprised how many good people, uh, that are out there, uh, who are willing to kind of help you on the way. Um, so I've been, I've been doing that a lot and I'm, I'm still doing that, uh, at, at least once a month, just meeting up with, you know, a guy or a gal I look up to, um, who have done something amazing within their niche, uh, that I can learn a lot from and just reaching out to them, building, uh, building up my network and just kind of leveraging that I, you know, have this, uh, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but, I think a lot of people, if they have uh, made it or if they are, uh, ex you know, extremely successful within uh, what they do, I think they are more willing to help out uh, a youngster um, learning if they can kind of see themselves in that person um, mm, that than, uh, than they are if, you know, a 79-year-old uh, 
I don't know, uh, but uh, uh, that's kind of my idea that people in general love to help uh, other people. And especially when they have this humble approach of just saying, I'm super young, uh, inexperienced, can you please help me? Uh, and that has kind of been my approach to both building up a network, but also just learning a lot and uh, and get going. Amazing. I think I can totally relate to that because I think from my experience, what I've also seen in, in other startups that are more or less the same age, I often see that when talking to investors, when talking to agencies, when talking to potential partners, a lot of people don't mention their name, uh, their, their, their age, um, which yeah. can be because they think, OK, <laughs> I'm so young, people are not going to be trusting me because I don't have any experience or I'm a first time founder or whatever it is. And I have, I have more or less also realized sometimes it can be of advantage also with talking to investors or whatever it is to just drop your name because uh, drop your drop your age because I think when you drop your age of course people think that you're not experienced like maybe other people are but they see that you have an ambition for what you do and they kind of trust in the process that you have such a like maybe like interesting learning curve that a lot of stuff will happen on the way and I think a lot of people stop because they they think they're too young to like talk to relevant people and everybody's able to help I agree Exactly I, I agree very much and also I I think I've actually in a lot of my emails started off with the first sentence being a x um at that point 16 17 18 years old uh, yeah. and my name is carl i'm doing this uh, blah 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 uh, can you please meet up and help me with this uh, i really uh, i'm really inspired by the way that you did this and you of course you have to be genuine about it but, but i think that approach have been really working out for me quite well but also in terms of building relationships with journalists that kind of also are, you know, of course, extremely valuable uh, for us as a PR agency to have good relationships with. Um, some of the best contacts I have within the media landscape are with people that I also started the sentence, hey, <laughs> I'm uh, 17, 18, I'm working with this cool startup doing this. I'd love to tell you more about, I think you'd be really interested in covering maybe a story about this or something like that. That, that was mm -hmm. kind of my approach. Um, and of course, you can't do that uh, all the time, but but it has worked quite well, actually. I agree. And uh, I think you mentioned a good point, uh, talking to journalists and media partners, which is a good maybe transition now to everything happening to PR. Um, to go into a little bit more like understanding, maybe generally for startups specifically, what should, like when they think about PR, what should they think about? Um, like when they like when they feel like okay, it's a moment of thinking about PR. What's like the first thing that you tell them when they ask or when they give you a call or give you an email on what's important in PR? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And, and firstly, I'll, I'll maybe figure out kind of what the objective is. Uh, what are they trying to achieve with? PR, PR in terms of press coverage, at least, uh, because PR can be kind of a broad, broader uh, spectrum. Um, but PR in terms of press, uh, I definitely figure out what are kind of the main goal of this effort, PR effort. Um, and yeah, when you figure that out, everything else becomes so much easier. So for instance, it could be, um, I've just raised, raised uh, this funding around. Uh, I'd like to create a uh, awareness around that. Uh, how do I get in the press? Um, or it could be, 
hey, I'm about to raise a fund, uh, a ne my next funding round. Uh, I'd like to create, uh, you know, some fear of missing out and top of mind uh, within the investor network. How mm -hmm. do I do that? What kind of stories do I then want, uh, wish to tell? Um, so it really depends on, you know, what do I, what do I want to achieve? And then when you have figured that out, then figure out what kind of story can I then tell that kind of accomplish that goal uh, in terms of messaging and, and yeah, just storytelling. Uh, and when thinking about that, you have to have in mind um, that it should be a story that has, you know, relevancy and, uh, and timing in terms of uh, what the media uh, cover. So it shouldn't be kind of what do I think is most uh, compelling about my own startup in terms of kind of having a more commercialized uh, approach, which I think is kind of the main mistake a lot of founders make when they try to pitch journalists is that they have this approach of I have to pitch these journalists uh, the same way I pitch my customers or my investors or my employees. Uh, mm. And it shouldn't be like that at all. It should should really be focused on how do I make a story that is, uh, you know, kind of bigger than my own startup. Uh, and then next step, step three, uh, I'd say is how do I then write a, a pitch? I'd always always recommend um, writing personalized pitches to journalists that you have been doing a, a lot of research on. Um, instead of just, you know, uh, spraying and, and praying in terms of writing a press release and finding 200 uh, emails from, from journalists and some kind of database, just yep. blasting that out. I think that's kind of the, one of the also main mistakes a lot of founders make when they do press. Uh, and instead you should be really, you know, researching uh, the right media, the right journalist and spend a lot of time on that, you know, actually reading all the posts and articles uh, that person have been you know working on uh, mm -hmm. also following them on, on linkedin or twitter and and kind of just maybe engaging with them and try to actually treat it like uh, business development or when you have to make every uh, other connection in your life just treat journalists as human beings and kind of actually figure out how you can help them instead of just having this uh, I want to get in the press mindset, uh, but and and if you have that, then it will come much more easily for you to actually write a personalized pitch to that person that can be you know extremely relevant for them and for you. Love it. I mean, that's uh, it comes down I think to one very interesting point, which is building relationships again before you actually yeah. hit them up. I think that's going to solve a lot of problems, and I think a lot of startups, and of course we do the same thing. Like a lot of startups get in touch with people when they need them, but they didn't start re building relationships beforehand. And I think that's definitely one big thing that, that that you just mentioned with like more or less interacting, getting in depth about what people are saying and thinking about. What do you think like? We in the pre-chat we had like like two types of startups when they think about PR, and I think um, of course like mentioning that of course would be interesting. But also like before you just mentioned before that a potential touch point when thinking about PR can be then when you found a, like when you when you're in the process of of raising a fundraising or fundraising more or less, or maybe beforehand to get a little like fear of missing out. A lot of startups I think 
they don't really know when's the right timing to get in touch with journalists. So like, do they think, okay, do we need to have some traction from the user side in the B2C world? Do we need to have customers in the B2B world to actually like be in the press? From your experience, what's the right moment to think about PR? And when's the right moment to like get a hand of it? Um, good question. I think in terms of uh, getting the most value out of your efforts uh, when working with PR, um, then it's really important to have this constant mindset wrapped around, I have to be out, out there continuously uh, a lot of times. So that's kind of the only way to build up a, a, you know, a trustworthy brand and kind of establish yourself as a thought leader or, or what it is you'd like to achieve within the press. Um, and just in general, because if you have kind of the ability to repeat your messages and your stories uh, on an ongoing basis, then, then you're really onto something good. Um, so it's, it's better, I think, to have a constant mindset wrapped around hey, everything I do each day, what could be relevant for other people to read about? Um, not necessarily when I have a new product feature or when I hire, um, you know, a new developer or something like that, but, but always thinking, what do I do that have kind of a bigger story to it um, that I can share with, with the media um, that would create value for them and for, for their readers? If you can do that on a constant basis, I think that that is definitely the best approach. Um, and in terms of having traction or not, or if you aren't, if, even if you aren't, uh, you know, published or what do you want to go, launched yet, um, mm -hmm. I think it's it's still relevant. It's relevant at all phases and sizes. Um, it, it's it's um, it's all about you know finding that bigger story to what you do and what you are you know passionate about. Um, and yeah, what we, what we uh, discussed, uh, pre this, uh, uh, recording, uh, was that I think there are kind of two types of founders or generally misconceptions in terms of, can I work with PR? Uh, so one is, um, just this idea of, I can't go out to the press until I have, you know, hundreds of employees and raised uh, a million. Uh, oh, that's the biggest number I can think of. I know that's quite uh, inhibitious. Um, but yeah, um, and they, they are kind of scared of, you know, going out there and, and putting themselves in the spotlight or at least just thinking uh, I'm not relevant uh, enough to, to approach the journalist and I, I don't know how to do it. It seems like this rocket science and it's, it's really not. Um, of course, it takes talent to, 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 um, to figure out what, what the best story is and how to approach journalists and build race relationships and kind of knowing what's going on in the media landscape to, to place your own startup in that. Uh, but as anything else, it can be learned, uh, it just takes, uh, you know, time and, and willingness. Um, and then kind of <laughs> that, that was a long uh, rant, but sorry. Um, or is and then the kind of the other, <laughs> other, um, type I'd say, uh, is the founder that thinks, you know, that, and that's amazing uh, in, in some way, but they think that, you know, everything they do has, you know, front page, 
front page uh, potential in TechCrunch each day. And <laughs> if they don't get that courage, then they, uh, you know, lose their mind. Uh, and that's also kind of a misconception I see a lot is that, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's really about finding that middle way, I think, and like, accepting that not everything you do is super relevant, uh, especially when you're, you know, founding your own startup, you, you think that everything is super exciting and why is, why is uh, your name not in the newspaper every day? Uh, <laughs> but I think it's about tapping into a, to a much bigger picture and kind of also sometimes just piggybacking on, on someone else's story uh, in terms of mm. building your name and a reputation. That's interesting. I think let's let's maybe cover that one quickly, um, which is like I've read it more often that you can take the chance of jumping on more or less the articles of other people and criticizing them, not because you criticize them, but maybe that because there is a reason to criticize them and use that as a potential leverage point to make your brand more aware in the media space. Has that worked out in the past for for startups and um, for people or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that that's one one way to approach it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, critics. Uh, it can also just be kind of an add-on to 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 a story. So, for instance, if um, if a larger corporation uh, is uh, being covered in a um, a, a newsletter, uh, or oh, sorry, in a in a media, um, you can sometimes get away with. Uh, jumping on top of that if you have something to add. For instance, if mm. they have something to say about a given topic, then you can reach out to the journalist afterwards and say, hey, I read your story in X, uh, really interesting. Uh, I think there's a much bigger story if we tap into this area where we have a lot of data because we have collected uh, whatever, uh, a thousand users over the past three months that tells mm. us this thing is the new tendency within I'm I'm just uh, you know right, yeah, saying random that. things right now, but but it's just to give an idea of it doesn't necessarily have to be critics. It, it can also just be giving more depth to the story or a new angle at least to to a topic. Um, okay, cool. But also another way to kind of um, start doing PR is to also when you don't you know when you have if you have if you have never been uh, covered. Uh, and nobody really knows who you are and what you do, a mm. good way to kind of start off is to partner up with bigger names, bigger names in terms of thought leaders within the industry or bigger names in terms of larger corporations who have, uh, you know, been covered in the media numerous of times um, and just kind of building a story together, um, if that makes sense, to kind of have a case around what they do, but then also you can bring in some expertise or some some new fresh um, perspectives on, on a given subject or new fresh data. Journalists and media love data in general, so that's <laughs> why a lot of tech startups, especially and scale-ups, especially, um, you know, really have gold they sit on if if they know how to use it right uh, in terms of kind of come a source for for the media. Makes sense. Makes sense. That, that's interesting. I think uh, I've taken a lot from that actually because you just said like 
use other articles to follow up on on what your story might be like about and especially partner up with maybe existing companies that are bigger can be like media agencies yeah. or uh, any other like kind of company that's in your space that should be like of interest for the media side as well for the journalists for example that's great I, i've taken a lot from it i've actually made some notes which uh, which is a good good sign um maybe nice. to like to to like give a last like final question because i think a lot of startups Like they when they think about PR firms, sometimes they think about that's nothing that we can afford right now. That's nothing where we can uh, build relationships for the long term. They don't understand what we're doing uh, because they're not in-house or whatever. So they have a lot of like maybe uh, thoughts that would potentially harm their pathway into PR and actually working together with PR agencies. And I think maybe can you give a little hint, like when do you think? Uh, like why like when is the right moment to more or less not the right moment but when is a good like moment to like think about pr firms and why should maybe startups not think that it's a bad thing partnering up with pr firms in in the future yeah i think um we always say that if you're an early stage founder and you know um you don't really have kind of a marketing budget or a branding budget yet and and you know, um, you are maybe, yeah, recently started out or not having too much traction yet, not having too much funding yet. Uh, and you basically do everything by your own or with your co-founder. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think you should take on an agency. That's way too early. Uh, I think, yeah, the right time to take on an agency or bring someone in-house is that's really uh, individually uh, based. But um, let's say, you know, when you have a right amount of traction and you, you, you feel like uh, you've been doing PR by your, I definitely think every founder, uh, at least one of the founders should focus on doing PR uh, in the mm -hmm. beginning. And then when that kind of task becomes, you know, takes up too much of your time, it, it really shouldn't do that because, you know, you have hundreds of other things you have to take care of, right. building your team, raising money, etc. Um, so I think, yeah, we, we have a kind of a thumb rule of when you are, you know, plus 10 people or something like that, like, like that and have raised, you know, at least uh, a, a good seed round, then you it, it, you, it could be considered to take on some kind of help uh, in terms of PR or communication uh, from the outside. Uh, and that can be an agency or they can be an in-house hire. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, you know, again, up to to the individual startup um but in, especially in, in the early in the early days i think it's a really good um exercise also to kind of learn how to tell your story uh and learn how to do pr and just you know get a sense of how it works uh, so i definitely don't think you should just go out and spend a lot of money or on an agency well um very honest point i i like, appreciate that uh, because i think startups are thinking about it And I totally agree with your point that start reaching out as early as possible to talk about your story is a good a good point uh, because I think also from a podcasting perspective, which I can represent, of course, just like when you're a startup, when you're working on something exciting, like talk to like small podcasters out there, they might not have a big reach, but like just approach them via email, tell your story. And maybe like as a as a hint, ask them for like a 10, 15 minute uh, call and more or less inspire them about what you're doing, about the story you're building. And then they will automatically be 
more interested inviting you to their podcast. So not just ask directly for jumping on the podcast, but ask maybe to have a, a certain call to discuss potential synergies. And that will help also to maybe start building up and start telling your story in early podcasts that might have not a big reach, but you start practicing for potential bigger ones that will also be a little more uh, complicated and a little more maybe stressful for an early stage founder. Yeah, that's that's also really good advice. I think is that you don't you don't have to go for you know New York Times, TechCrunch, etc. All the time. <laughs> uh, there's a you know thousands of other outlets and podcasts and blogs and you know all sorts of things that that you can engage with a lot easier than you get a hold of a lot easier because mm-hmm. it it is really hard to you know. Uh, catch the journalist's attention if if they are from a, a larger outlet because you know yeah. they get hundreds of uh, story pitches a day uh, and they they might you know never, they might even not see your uh, email uh, if you approach them right. but if you start out you know reaching out to you know smaller podcasts or blogs stuff like that and it kind of become a leader within uh, your space uh that that is a really good way to get started absolutely uh i think it's it's a good way to like approach it at first at first hand um final questions yeah. maybe to like jump into the q a what's um what's yeah. your favorite book that you have read my favorite book um that's a good question honestly i have i've never been really uh, i've never been the big reader um but um That's a good question. Um, I think uh, the book about uh, how to win friends and influence people kind of, uh, you know, I like that. <laughs> nice. That's a, it's a, I'm actually reading it right now again, a uh, second time. That's really good. Um, <laughs> What's um? What do you use for like keeping your to dos to get to dos together? Do you use like any like Trello, Lazana, or any tool? Yeah, I use uh, Asana, and then I have uh, kind of uh, a physical notebook uh, by my side, and just you know writing up each task uh, at a time. So I write all my daily tasks on Asana, so I have an overview. And then I, mm-hmm. when I start with one task, I write it down uh, on my paper, and then when that's done, I check it off, and then I write the new one. So I have you know kind of this task at hand approach. So I don't, oh, that makes uh, sense. or at least try to. Uh, it some can be hard sometimes, uh, but I think you just get a lot more completed if you do one thing at a time instead of jumping back and forth between ten different tasks. And is there a way how you can how you keep yourself maybe away from distraction, especially like as a as a Gen Z kind of guy? Of course, you're <laughs> potentially uh, jumping around all over, um, which is normal. But uh, um, how do you keep yourself from distraction? I've uh, I've actually deleted most of my social media from uh, from my phone at least uh, the apps I still have an account but I've deleted the apps so I don't get you know tons of notifications uh, that helped a lot um, and then I've recently bought kind of these Bose overhead and uh, like over over ear uh, headphones which mm-hmm. is extremely helpful especially when you're sitting in the open office with ten other people that are you know talking with each other. So you don't, you know, mm-hmm. get a, a, distracted by that, and you know, feel feel the urge to uh, jump in and give your opinion as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. So just having those to keep keep you in the zone and just focusing on completing that one task at a time that uh, definitely helps a lot. Interesting. Do you have any routine that you want to share that you do every day that helps you like keep who you are? <laughs> um. Actually, not. I'm I'm trying to build up a routine. I just downloaded an app called uh, Habit with One B, uh, oh, yeah. where you kind of just. That's actually really cool. You, it's super simple, but you just say I've just put in. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's another good uh, book. Uh, you know, I think I think it's called a book something about habits, building habits. Uh, Mm-hmm. It also mentions that you have to, you know, focus on building one habit at a time and then mastering that for maybe 30 days before taking on the next one. And I think that's a mistake I've been doing in the past a lot is that I've, you know, taking on um, seven different things I'd like to to do on my daily routine <laughs> and then try to do them for a week and then completely just uh, putting them down the trash can again. Um, yeah, but what, what I'm doing, <laughs> what I'm doing now is that I've Download this app, and then the first one is uh, I, I'd like to master is just you know waking up uh, at six instead. Of, I'm I, I'm usually waking up at eight, uh, but I love to wait, you know get myself used to waking up at six just to have a more calm uh, morning and have time to you know read paper or take a walk or something like like that. Just having mm-hmm. more time uh, instead of just rushing out the door. Um, that's kind of one habit I'd really love to to build. I'm not Makes fully sense. there yet, to be honest. Cool. No, that's a, it's a great great approach. Thanks for the app. Uh, we'll <laughs> also put that in the show notes. Um, who would be one person that you would like to have in the podcast here that you would like to listen to as well? <laughs> hmm. um, and you should maybe reach out to Yelda from uh, from Soundbox. Um, he, uh, he definitely has a crazy story uh, that, you know, deserves to, to be told a lot more, I think. Uh, he's uh, crazy talented and have a crazy mindset and are kind of, yeah, just extremely visionary uh, mm-hmm. that reaches way beyond, you know, building a speaker. Amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely try to, like, get a hold of him. Let's let's chat about it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Carl. Uh, highly appreciated. I think we learned a lot of, like, your story as a young, very young entrepreneur, uh, but also uh, building a startup in the PR firm and building startups through PR, uh, which is super interesting. Thanks for your time. Really appreciated it and uh, hope to stay in touch. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I definitely did a lot because I think PR is such an important topic and Carl broke it down to really important manners that can actually help startups um, to make progress in regards to PR. So thank you guys for listening. I would love if you guys would give like a little shout out or a little like review on iTunes. So you just go to Apple Podcasts and like would love to to get a little review, whether that's one star, five stars, three stars, doesn't matter. I would love to get your feedback to more understand where actually the podcast is going. And furthermore, um, if you guys want to hit us up on the socials, definitely follow us on, on LinkedIn, on any other potential channel that you guys are up to. And we would love to get in touch. Have a good one and cheers and hopefully hear from you soon.